You are now listening to a proud member of the Disney Podcast Family. Go to DizPodcastFamily.com to find more on this show and other great Disney podcasts. From the Talking Disney Studios in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and Logan, Utah, this is the Talking Disney Podcast. Jason and Cody. I'm Jason. And I'm Cody. Welcome to episode 48 of the Talking Disney Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and I am here once again with my favorite co-host, Cody. What's going on? Oh, Jason, today was just sucked. Today sucked. Wow, that's that's a change from... uh, Usually you're like, today was a great day or today was a good day. It's been a good day. Today was terrible, but you know, I'm I'm glad to be here recording with you. (laughs) You should have seen the smile on Cody's face when I said my favorite (laughs) co-host. It was, it was beautiful. (laughs) So why, why did today suck? I don't know. Uh, you just told me to say that last time. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh, that's right. I did. Yeah. Cause I said, you always are so happy. So, so today didn't really suck. Well, I, I mean, always be better but it could always be worse well you had to go to work so that couldn't have been too good yeah i've been working quite a bit these last couple of weeks and right just had a lot going on and trying to get new furniture and arrange the deliveries for that while being at work and yeah you know fun stuff fun stuff well this week was not too sucky for me it wasn't too spectacular uh i did a I don't really remember a lot of Disney stuff I did. I uh, I listened to a lot of Disney music at work today. That's about it, I think. Uh, and then this weekend, we're going down to Colorado. So we'll probably hit the Disney store down at one of the malls. So that'll be the closest I'll be getting to Disneyland for a while. So that should be exciting. Maybe pick up a shirt or two. I always uh, feel like the Disney store never has a very large variety of adult shirts. They they don't. Whereas at the park, you go to World of Disney and you have a, actually a quite nice selection of shirts for adults now. Right. Um, right. But the Disney store just seems to be a lot of stuff for kids more than not. Yeah, but it's a Disney store, so I, uh, I'll enjoy the 20 or so minutes I spend in there. Yeah. I, th- I saw a video on Facebook today of a Disney store... And I guess they released like some Christmas merch, some mm. little like backpack type deals, not full size backpack, but you know, those little tiny ones that are almost a pathetic excuse for a backpack that girls like right. to wear. Yeah. <laughs> and it was Mickey, but he was wearing like a Santa hat or whatever. And the brim of the, the Santa hat, the white part was like fluffy or whatever. Right. And the video was people grabbing like five, six of them at a time, you know, probably selling them reselling them online but yeah for twice three times as much so mm-hmm. yeah I'll, I'll i'll look at what they got this time i'll see if they got any christmas stuff i remember a couple years ago we went to we went on a trip out to salt lake and went to a disney store there and it was around christmas time so i got some brand new disney ornaments oh nice. so we'll see we'll see if they have some of those i but, don't think uh, i have a single disney ornament huh wedding gift idea <laughs> <laughs> Disney ornaments. Let me mark that on my list. I'm you very, didn't put that on your register. <laughs> I'm very particular about my ornaments. Yeah. Well, I bought some that are like, um, they're not like the one, like the Hallmark ones that are the characters. They're like, like Christmas balls that, that have characters on them. So that's a little bit better. Yeah. I, I actually have a specific little like metal Christmas tree that I put all my Disney ornaments on. So those, those go on that one. Then I'll go on the tree. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's really all I did. Disney. I mean, this week's been kind of consumed with because football just started back up. So, and I run a fantasy football league. So I've been busy doing that all week, um, doing commissioner stuff. So uh, that keeps me busy during September through December, along with the podcast. Yeah, you're you're lucky. And soccer and everything else. So. 
you're lucky that there was no hockey tonight. Otherwise, wow. I would have been doing that tonight. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, hockey's done for you this year, right? Yeah, it was yeah. very disappointing. So you have a new team that you hate in the uh, Stars? I'm on the vert. I mean, I don't hate us, but we were not playing like we should have, and it's our own fault we lost. Right. Well, you could have been like in basketball where you had – or I don't know, didn't know you never had – the Clippers had a 3-1 lead against the Denver Nuggets, and they blew it and lost 4-3. to yeah, We so, weren't quite that bad. We were up 2-0 yeah. and then lost that lead um, within the last six minutes of the game. Yeah, yeah, because it ended up 3-2, to right, in overtime? Yeah. Frick. Yeah, horrible. I was, I was switching back between that, and I think that was Sunday night, right? No, no it was Monday, Monday night. night. Monday night, yeah. I was watching Monday night football and that kind of flipping back and forth so uh, and texting with james so he wasn't too happy and me i was in that group chat i just wasn't oh were you oh, yeah okay. <laughs> you were quiet yeah i've been quiet the last couple of days the last conversation couple conversations you guys have had in there about me what's up, me what's singing up with that? And, man i i work man i gotta i'm busy <laughs> so we we gonna get you to sing tonight or what oh <laughs> I do not know if I'm in a singing mood. I am tired. Let me tell you what. Yeah. Well, let's. Well, then, if you're tired, let's. Uh, let's get on with the episode and uh, let's talk about what we came to talk about before we get to our main topic, which. And this has is, been episode 48 of the Talking Disney podcast. Yes, and we're done. We'll talk to you later. Uh, <laughs> you got to hear about our week. That's it. Um, we're finishing up our uh, series on watching for the second or third time the. Imagineering story on Disney Plus. We're on episode six uh, to infinity and beyond. Um, matter of fact, let's just let's just go into talking about the Imagineering story. Okay, let's do it. We can we we, we can forget about the other stuff because it's not really that important. So, do you want to uh, mention to me what you were not going to tell me? Oh yeah yeah yeah. So uh, you know the, the since it deals with coronavirus, seems like we that always sneaks its way into the conversation each week. Yeah, six right? months each, later, that's each, that's our milestone. It's officially been six months six since months. Disneyland Resort closed. That is yeah, September sixteenth. Yeah, that is crazy. So, um, and Disney and California, I guess, have been I don't know. They've been I don't want to say working together, but you know they're they're uh, obviously Disneyland's in California, so they got to work with the government there, with the governor and all all that. Uh, and it seems like it's been a not a contentious relationship, but today there was a, a report out that I read that Disneyland president Ken, I, I want to say you say his last name, Potrock or Potrick. Uh, I don't, I've never said his name before. So uh, he is disappointed with California's lack of progress on the theme park reopenings. And I'm assuming he's talking about Disneyland and, you know, Knott's and uh, Universal and uh, Six Flags and all that. But mm -hmm. uh, he actually, this is the first time I, I've seen them come out or anybody come out and say something like that. Um, At least anyone his, from Disney. Right, right. Um, Especially that high up, the Disneyland president. Right. And his, his quote was, we are disappointed with the state's lack of progress in providing the industry with guidance and clarity on reopening. We have proven we can operate responsibly with strict health and safety protocols at our properties around the world and at downtown Disney in Anaheim. Tens of thousands of people's livelihoods depend on our ability to operate, and we stand ready and willing to accelerate discussions with the governor and his team to make real progress toward our reopening and getting people back to work. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so they were, they were ready to open back in July. And well, yeah, as soon as they made that official announcement right. that they were planning on reopening July 17th, yeah, they did what they had to do by July 16th at the latest yeah. to be able to open, you know. And since then, they've just had more time to improve right. and further implement any guidelines. Or, yeah, they've seen. You know, They've seen things that Walt Disney World has done. They they've seen what's happening there, other Disney parks around the world, and uh, you know whether they've they've added to or updated any of their protocols that they were going to use mm -hmm. when they were open in July. Uh, I'm sure they've been keeping an eye on all that and making little changes here, little changes there. Uh, 
And then it says here, Governor Newsom has indicated that discussions would be taking place and progress was being made towards opening the parks, but there's been no official announcement with any decision or any type of date. Uh, so it, it looks like to me, like, you know, Disneyland or Disney as a company was, you know, they, they, they were on board with working with the state, working with the governor, but it sounds like they're getting a little, uh, a little irritated with the lack of guidance, lack I'm, of progress. I mean, so. I'm sure they are. Cause I'm sure Disneyland resort is getting a lot of heat from its employees. Right. And just the general public in the surrounding area. I mean, all of downtown Anaheim, or at least, I don't know if it's probably not downtown, but the resort Anaheim resort area Right. Thrives all those hotels on and Disneyland. Right. I mean, I'm sure all those hotels and, you know, all those people re- rely on Disneyland being open to provide them with work. Right. And I wonder if Disneyland making this statement or the president of Disneyland making the statement is them trying to force the governor's hand and put pressure and heat on them to say, hey, look, it's it's not us. It's not Disney postponing things. Right. The state has just yet to give us its recommendation on how to proceed. Yeah, I, I think I've, I've kind of, I've kind of uh, taken, or I don't want to say taken that approach, but I've kind of figured that since uh, since back in the summer when they were supposed to open, and yeah, because of the restrictions that California was putting on, uh, on theme parks in general and other entertainment stuff that i mean has now i i think since opened i think uh like beaches are open restaurants are open obviously operating with some type of uh you know safety restrictions and um so limited capacities yeah yeah so so yeah that's all i wanted i didn't know if you had seen anything about that today I did see that. What's interesting is today I also saw the the other side of the coin of that statement and saw that. And I think it was before I saw the Disneyland, the the quote from the Disneyland president. But someone was saying this article said that the governor said that guidelines for entertainment and resorts would be coming soon it's coming soon right yeah but nothing been, that's been being said since july right. <laughs> so so yeah uh so hopefully soon for all those that want to get back and if you don't want to go to disneyland yet or if you don't want to go to a restaurant or don't want to go to the beach or then don't but uh yeah there's there's a lot of people's livelihoods that depend on uh the entertainment what, industry as a whole yeah. Yeah, as a whole, yeah. So especially in Southern California and everywhere else that has an entertainment industry and yeah, tourism and things like that, it's it's hard right now. Yeah. So so yeah, that's what that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, I didn't I didn't just didn't know if you had seen it or not. So um, I did see that we we're on the same page. We're on the same page. All right. So back to why we're here for episode forty eight. Uh, Imaginary story. If you don't know what it is yet, go back about five episodes and you can listen to us talk about it. But it is a documentary series on Disney Plus that's directed by uh, Leslie Iwerks. She's an Academy Award nominated filmmaker and the granddaughter of, of Iwerks. Um, and it's a it's just a series on on the Imagineers and basically takes you through the history from when when the the company was started to, uh, today. I mean, where they're at today. So, um, it's, and I've mentioned it before. It's my hope that she does a season two. Um, and one of the things after we talk about the episode, I'm going to talk about a few, maybe a few directions they could go with the season two, different things they could talk about. And then possibly season three, season four. Uh, I mean, she, she's given, she's given uh, access to a lot of stuff that, you know, we don't get to see a lot. So I'm sure she can come up with more seasons. Uh, yeah. Oh. If she wants to, maybe, maybe she's done and she wants to move on to other things. So I don't know. Um, but the imagine story season one, episode six titled to infinity and beyond. And I'll read you the little, uh, little snippet here on Disney plus on what 
what it's basically about. Um, it says Bob Iger personally shepherds his labor of love, the Shanghai Disney Resort. The Imagineers customize an ambitious new theme park to fit China's culture, a symbol of patience and collaboration. Meanwhile, through innovative technology and immersive placemaking, the beloved pop culture worlds of Avatar, Marvel, and Star Wars come to life. Um, so yeah, it starts out with basically a lot of talk about Shanghai Disney. And um, I would say that's probably, if not the biggest legacy, but one of the biggest legacy of Bob Iger's time. Uh, and I think he realized that he wanted to, you know, if you run a company like that, you want to leave your mark. Yeah. Uh, and he did it from everything. If you've watched the, this is one of those, I've, we've mentioned some of the past episodes have been kind of like on the negative side. This was a positive episode. This was them doing the Shanghai Disney resort correctly. Uh, mm -hmm. not like, not like Hong Kong and not like, uh, Paris and you know, the, the original DCA Disney California venture. I mean, this was done. They, they put a lot of thought, a lot of work into it. A lot of, uh, um, a lot of thought into it and didn't just throw a quick cookie cutter theme park out there. Um, I had a little note here to ask you, have you finished reading his book? <laughs> no. Okay. Cause uh, this one thing I was seeing talks about something from his book and, 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 and he mentioned it in the episode too. Um, this quote that he came up with for the, I guess for the opening speech when they opened it up, but he called it authentically, authentically Disney and distinctively Chinese. Um, so they, they took a lot of care to incorporate Chinese culture into it. Um, and this here is saying it became the park's mission statement. So, and it was a very important project to him. Um, and from everything I've seen, they did it right. Uh, I've never been, uh, you know, it's on my, it's on my Disney bucket list, but, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about Shanghai. Uh, the footage is cool. I mean, it, um, I don't know. What'd you think of Shanghai? Um, I mean, I was really excited. I remember back when it opened kind of following its progress on social media or online, especially like the dedication, the opening speech and things like that. And I remember right after it opened, I saw a YouTube video of Shanghai's version of Pirates of the Caribbean and was just like, wow, that is really cool how advanced and technological it was. And I was just like, I want to go there. I want to ride it. I thought the Tron light cycle roller coaster just looked way cool. I'm very excited that they're bringing it to Walt Disney World. And hopefully when I'm going now in 2022, thank you, coronavirus, um, <laughs> that it'll be open. And by then it should be. Um, and I'll be able to ride it then. So I'm very excited for that. Um, but just the sheer amount of space, the amount of land that that park encompasses, especially just that area, that, that garden area in front of the castle. I mean, that's probably what's that, that you talk about takes the, up most of Disney, the original Disneyland park, the gardens of imagination. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just such a large area. And then the castle itself, it's yeah. an impressive castle. It's hard not to get castle envy. <laughs> yeah, I know they, uh, they, they kind of, when they, one thing that stuck out that I made a note about to talk about, they talked about the, uh, the mentality of, they called it the four, two, one. Um, basically it's talking about the Chinese market and the, the, it, the, the family generally consists of four grandparents, two parents and one child. So they wanted to have something in the park that appealed to everybody. And they mentioned the gardens of Imag imagination as a place where, you know, possibly, grandparents you know being older they could they could hang out there all day uh mm -hmm. while while the parents and the child went off to do stuff they they wanted to give something for everybody to do in the family uh not just you know not just kids not just parents but they were thinking of the grandparents too so which i think has always been a goal of disney parks i mean that was definitely walt's almost main drive to create disneyland in the first place is having 
a place where the whole family can go and enjoy together as a unit. Right. Um, and I think that just became more prevalent when they went over to uh, Shanghai because where, you know, where they have that four to one market, especially where it's more common that you're doing things with a larger percentage of elderly in your group. Right. You know? Right. And they, they talked about some of the, like the iconic attractions that, that they either didn't put in like, cause they didn't put in a space mountain. That's where they put in Tron. Uh, and then they talked about the pirates of Car- Car- Caribbean, how they couldn't really just throw in Disneyland's version. Cause the Chinese people really don't have a, you know, any backstory or any history on what that is. So they created right. something different for them, which I've, I've, I've read a lot of stuff on their version of the pirates ride. Uh, and from everything I've read, people say that's, that's the best pirates ride at any Disney park. Yeah. Um, just because all the other ones are pretty much all loosely or maybe not even loosely, but heavily modeled after the original in California, which is great. But a lot of people, especially here in the States have a connection to that original. Right ride with the animatronics and how groundbreaking that was at the time. Um, if you tried to put Shanghai's version of Pirates of the Caribbean in Anaheim, you'd have riots. Because <laughs> especially where it's Walt's original oh, right, Pirates right. of the Caribbean, you know, people yeah. would go up in arms. Right. Um right. and I thought I can't remember who said it, but I they were talking about because they brought people over from Japan and everything and showed them Mm -hmm. Disneyland and you know they were going back and forth all the time certain people and they were saying when people that were going on the original Pirates of the Caribbean that had never been on it before in 2014 2016 you know or even earlier 2012 whenever they were starting to build Shanghai that they're like, wow, that's kind of slow and boring. They don't have that emotional connection that makes it fun. They're just looking at this after getting off of Space Mountain or, or whatever and going like, wow, that was a 15-minute boat ride where the robots just kind of do mm-hmm. do this in conjunction with Sound and Music. Um, and I was like, that's really interesting because I grew up Pirates of the Caribbean was one of my favorite rides. It still right. is one of my favorite rides. It's largely based on nostalgia. Right. right. Um, because there's a lot more technologically advanced rides at the park now. There's a lot more thrilling rides at the park. Um, but it's nostalgic, and I like all the history that went into that ride. Um, so, it was, so it was an interesting concept because my fiance um, hasn't been to Disneyland since she was since she can't even remember she's been once but it was young enough to where she couldn't remember and then she went to like disney world when she was nine so she doesn't have that emotional connection to pirates of the caribbean so then when her and i are able to go i'm like i'm going to be really excited to show her some of these things but she may be like well it was just okay you know (laughs) and that that might be kind of hard for me but after hearing this imagineer talk about it in the way he did i get it you know? Yeah. 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 So that was, that was, yeah. If you, if you want to check out that ride, if you've never seen it, just go to YouTube, uh, Shanghai, Disney, Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm sure there's plenty of, uh, ride through or, uh, right. you know, ride, ride, ride videos that you can check out. But, um, I mean, as, as Disney or if, and I'm sure they will, but as Disney continues to grow their existing parks and, hopefully create new parks in new locations. They're going to have to start steering in that direction of coming up with new rides or completely working the ground up, you know, an, an old attraction like they did with pirates of the Caribbean. It's still pirates of the Caribbean, but it's nothing like the one in Anaheim. Right. Um, because as you get further and further away Uh, on the timeline from the 1950s, 60s and 70s and people you're having new people come to Disney parks that don't have that connection to the nostalgia. 
you got to have something that's going to interest them. You got to keep up with the times and Pirates of the Caribbean Anaheim will not always work in a brand new park, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, most of the episode, or I'd say at least half was probably centered on Shanghai. Uh, and they, they kind of ended it with, uh, there was, uh, like with three months to go, there was still a ton of work to be done. Um, yeah, they talked about the the Japanese don't know how to Chinese. run a marathon. The Chinese right. don't know how to run a marathon, right. but they know how to do a sprint. Yeah, so when those last three months, I mean, they they uh, they they got their bus to work, and the park opened on time. And really, I don't remember any hiccups or anything mm-hmm. like the you know the original Disneyland or when they talked about. Uh, I think it was what was Paris? it Paris. Was it Hong Kong that they they had similar issues? Yeah, it might have been Hong Kong that they had issues with the pavement again. Right, right. I think they did have a couple hiccups with Paris, especially just trying to nail the culture in Paris. And I think when they did Shanghai, they learned their lessons from Paris about just going full in on adapting the culture in which they were building. Right, right. And then they they went on to, I think the next was Pandora and... uh, What's that guy's name? Um, oh, that you got to narrow it down for me. Uh, the guy with the big earrings. Is it Joe, Joe something? Joe Rody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he was kind of tasked with, uh, I guess, figuring out how to make it happen. Well, cause he, uh, he was the guy in charge of pretty much. Uh, oh, mine went blank. Animal kingdom. Right. That entire park. So I imagine, when they were like, hey, we want to bring in a new land, they brought him in because he was the original spearhead right. of the entire park. Yeah, I remember him mentioning something that he often gets assigned projects that he doesn't like at first. And <laughs> yeah, this, someone asked him that, and yeah. his reaction was f- funny because he's like, interesting question. As a matter of fact, yes, yeah. I do get assigned things that I don't find interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But then he always, he finds something that will pique his interest and makes it happen. And that was kind of Pandora. Um, just, you know, the, the, the big thing was how do you bring a movie like Pandora and then bring it to life where people can be in the middle of it? Uh, cause I don't know if, I mean, obviously you've seen Pandora, right? Cody. I have, you, I have been to the land. Right. And, and you, and you've been to the land, but I'm ta- I'm talking about the movie. Oh yes. Yes. I've seen avatar. Okay. Or that's what I meant. Avatar. Sorry. Yep. Uh, But then how do you, how do you bring that to a theme park? I mean, there's things flying around. There's things floating in the air, you know, how do you do do it? And they figured it out Uh, before it had been done. I'm sure people thought it can't be done. Right. Right. Um, And that's what's great about the Imagineers is, and one of the great things about what the Imagineers are able to do is that they put artistic people at the center of it and they work right. at it from an artistic standpoint and then figure out the logistical side of it. And that's kind of, you know, the whole, the whole imaginary story. They've been doing that from the beginning. Uh, a lot of, a lot of stuff they've done throughout their history. There wasn't a, you know, a blueprint for it or a playbook. They had to figure it out. And that's kind of what they did with, Pandora, uh, mm-hmm. which hopefully someday I'll get to go. Uh, it, I, I tell you what, though, it is it's it's really incredible. When we went, when I went a couple of years ago, we went to every park um, the day that they had their like extra magic hours. Mm-hmm. So most of the extra magic hours were in the morning. Magic Kingdoms was an hour after regular park closing, so we went into Animal Kingdom an hour before the general park opening, which doesn't make a huge difference because anyone that's staying on property has access to the, the extra magic hours. And when you have like 42 different hotels on property, unless you're a local or you just don't want to spend the money to stay on property, most people are just going to stay on property because of the sheer convenience of it. Right. And I would tell people to do that. You know, unless you just really were struggling on money, stay on property. It makes your life so much easier when you're there for a week, 10 days, however long you're there. Right. But, uh, and so we got there, it was before the sun rose. I mean, it was early and you know, it's February. So 
We got there before the sun rose. And so in the episode, they talk about how on Pandora, they have a lot of bioluminescent plant life and algae and their waters glow and everything from the Mm -hmm. algae in the water and how they've adapted that to be in Pandora animal kingdom. And they have bioluminescence in, in the concrete. So when you're walking around the, the ground actually glows, they have lights and the plants and things like that to make them look like they're bioluminescent plants. And man, it's beautiful. And then you see these, these floating mountains, which is crazy because you don't see these floating mountains until you are in the land. I mean, Disney's great on sight lines and they really make sure that you're only seeing something if you're meant to see it. Right. Um, and it's, it really blows you away. Um, the first time I went on the flight of passage ride, which is the main, the big attraction of the two. In that's that the land. one with the, with the shaman, right? No, that, oh, that's, that, the, that's, this that's is the other house. one. Oh, okay. This okay. is the flying one where it's almost like Soren 2.0, oh, which okay. is in a similar, right. similar uh, ride system as Soren, but okay. everyone moves independently rather than together. Mm-hmm. That ride's absolutely incredible. Though I got off that and was speechless. All, all I could say for like 10 minutes after getting off of that was just, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it, when I was mentioning the shaman, they, they kind of showed that being built from the ground up and the, just the detail and the way they can make it move. And I mean, that's impressive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you mentioned, I, you talked about the, the, the plants and stuff, the things that glow. So I imagine at night that looks amazing. Um, and I think they showed, they, they showed a lot of footage of it at, at night. Uh, were you able to go to it at night or just in the morning? I went in the morning and then I went again at like five or five thirty, So near okay. dusk, you know, that time of year. Right. So is, is it, is it kind of hard to see it during the, I mean, during the day, does it look like it's glowing or is it kind of, no, you know, you can't tell during the day. Okay. Okay. So I imagine it would be something like being in cars land when cars land turns on all that neon from, from day to night, just, uh, just the colors. And, um, cause Joe, how do you say his name? Bro, road, roadie, roadie, Joe roadie. Roadie. He talked about pan, pan Pandora at night and how he was proud of what, what it became. Cause prior to that, did animal kingdom have anything that you could do at night? No, I think they pretty much closed at five or six o'clock because you know, right. at that point the animals aren't super active and things like that. So there, there wasn't a large draw off to that park at night. They did have a nighttime show, which happened right after dark. It was on a water. They had like an outdoor amphitheater near the water in the park. Right. We watched that while we were there. It's cool. It's kind of, you know, they use water effects and the, the boats and things, you know, have colors that light up and things like that. Right. It's cool. But like, once you see it, once you've kind of seen it, at least that's the way I felt. Some people may really like it. Yeah. Um, but other than that, there was no, yeah, there was not a draw to being there at night. And, you know, I'm not a f- frequent enough visitor of Walt Disney world. They could have added that nighttime show when Pandora opened, you know, to give people another reason to stay past dark. I don't know. Right. When that show was introduced compared to when Pandora opened. Yeah. Yeah. So from Pandora, they moved on to uh, what could be a controversial uh, topic or project. Uh, Tower of Terror uh, at DCA being rethemed to Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, And at the time when they announced the change, I wasn't too happy about it. I really, I really liked the theming of tower of terror, um, in general. And I really didn't want him to change it. Uh, having gone on guardians of the galaxy mission breakout, uh, I was, I mean, I, I was excited to go on it still upset. They changed it to tower of terror, but after riding it the first time guardians of the galaxy is a cool ride. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's the you know same basic concept. You're still going up and down, and then up, down, up, down, up, down. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't change anything with the with the way the ride operates. It's just different theming. Um, and uh, it was a cool ride. Um, so they talked about that, and they talked about um, how did how did they word it? Um, I forgot. But basically, they 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 just talked about the retheming it retheming of it, the, the controversy. And I mean, even people that I know were that were huge Tower of Terror fans aren't, aren't too upset now once they go on Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I've only got to ride it once. The last time I went, um, Marsha, the wife, she really doesn't, she didn't, she went on Tower of Terror, but it wasn't her favorite. <laughs> um, so she wanted to go on Guardians just to see it rethemed. She, she did not have a good time. Um, I, I mean, I, I can't, I felt bad one year cause when, when my daughter was tall enough to go on tower of terror, she, I uh, took her on it and I'm, I, I'm, I'm always nervous taking the kids on a new ride that they've never been on. And I think I've talked about it before because once we get on the ride and it starts going, you can't get off. I can't do nothing for you. So yeah. you, you kind of feel helpless cause you know, they're whatever crying, you know, what, whatever it may be. I can't do nothing for you. I mean, I, I can hold you, but there's yeah. really nothing to do until this ride is over. So you got to wait and, 90, yeah. 180 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really nervous when I took her on tower of terror the very first time and she loved it. Which and, one was this? Kaylee. Kaylee. Uh, okay. Yeah. I took her on tower, tower of terror when it, Oh, and then, yeah, like a year later we went back or so and I took her on tower of terror and she was terrified when she got, <laughs> I mean, she was petrified. She got the ride. She was almost crying. Um, and, uh, I felt so bad. I don't, I, I, she went on when we went, she went on Guard, Guardians of the Galaxy, but it was kind of the same thing. She kind of just kneeled in my chest or like kind of leaned over. Uh, and I feel bad. The, the, the reason I was telling the story is because I feel bad. Cause when I get on that ride, Tower Terror or Guardians, when it starts going up and down, I'm laughing hysterically. I mean, yeah, I can't, I can't help but laugh. It's, 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 it's fun. I'm uh, right there with her. I'm on the verge of crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I do have several pictures of you on the ride, uh, crying. You're, yes, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're kind of the, the the one I remember in particular. You're in the very back when it was Tower Tear. Your mom's sitting next to you, and you're like scrunched down. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm as far down as I can get. You're, I think your eyes were closed, uh, but you know, I I just feel bad because I'm trying to hold her and you know comfort her, and I'm just laughing and. Um, yeah, it was it was particularly fun the last time because we had never been on it. Uh, the who who we went with James and his family they had they they had been on it, and uh, I remember James saying something when the ride first started. He 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 uh, he uh, yelled something at Rocket, uh, and from that point I was just laughing. I couldn't stop 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 laughing, and um, I thought the ride was great. Mar- uh, Marcia, not so much. Um, I doubt she'll ever go on it again. Do any of your kids like it? Um, Jordan, he Jordan, Jordan uh, he likes it. Uh, Calvin's never been on it. He doesn't, he doesn't like roller coasters and anything like that. Uh, like he's never been on what used to be California Screaming now on Credit Coaster. Uh, he'll go on like Space Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain, Matterhorn, like those kind of coasters. But yeah, I can't, I can't get him on California Screaming. Uh, Maddie, the youngest, she's always been too short. So next time we go back, she'll be tall enough. So I'll try to get her on Cal or in credit coaster and, uh, tire or guardians of the galaxy. Um, but she, I think she's been on, I know she's been on uh big thunder mountain. Yeah. She's, she's been, been on, on that space one. Mountain. She loves space mountain. I thought she might be a little scared cause it was dark, but she loves space mountain. So, um, and then she's been on Matterhorn and she'll, I mean, she goes on like pirates and, yeah. Uh, she likes Splash Mountain and uh uh Haunted Mansion and all that. So um but yeah, so so they, they, they talked about changing, you know, changing that ride. Um and then they moved into um Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, um was kind of the end of it and talking about the development of it and uh putting it together, working with uh Lucas and Mm-hmm. Uh, basically the, uh, kind of the backstory of how they, how they got the, the name of the land and the backstory and, 
um, et cetera, which I think we've, we've talked about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge back when it opened. Um, they talked about how the planets got developed. Um, they, it was just basically, I don't want to say it was a big commercial for Galaxy's Edge, but you know, it was kind of like a promotional thing. Um, they talked about how when you're there, which you, you, you've mentioned, it's kind of immersive. Uh, one of the most immersive lands imaginable. Um, you walk into, you know, from where did you guys walk in? Did you walk in from behind big, big thunder? Yes. That's the way they funneled us through. I know. Cause when we went, we, we still went during the reservation period. Mm-hmm. James is the only one that's been at least that I know of. And I think that, you know, personally as well, that has been able to go to the parks and go to galaxy's edge after the reservation period ended. And at that point, I think you can go through any entrance that you want to. When we went during the reservation period, each time slot, they funneled you through a particular entry point. Okay. Because you all went in together. They had you all grouped up and then they walked everyone over there and you all went through the same entrance. We're just kind of crowd control measure. Right. Yeah. They talked about the, uh, uh, was it millennium Falcon smugglers run? How it really didn't work until only a couple months before it was supposed to open, which Uh, is crazy. They didn't have the technology and they, you know, it had to be developed. Um, and they talked about the the turntable, I guess they call it. That it, there's seven different cockpits that kind of spin around, so you can get more people through the ride, and and you don't even you don't even know, yeah, that it's there. It's it's you know, yeah. You you have no idea. You right. can't. You're you're none the wiser when you're in the queue and waiting to board. When you're in the little hallway before actually going into your cockpit right you you have no idea that you're one of six or one of seven on a rotating device you know right 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 and then they talked to uh, some about the star wars right rise of the resistance i think they avoided too many spoilers because i know for you particular you didn't watch any in ride videos after it opened i still you wanted, you wanted to experience it for the first time Mm-hmm. And you were days away from experiencing it, like you've mentioned <laughs> several times. Five uh, days. Five, five days. days. Uh, oh. but, they, but they did talk about it. There, there were some, you know, a few, a few spoilers, I think, but probably things you already knew. Um, so, because, I mean, they don't want to spoil it for many people, but uh, right. basically from what I got from Galaxy's Edge, like that part of it, the... Everybody be everybody involved in it behind it kind of knew that they had done something spectacular, uh, something that, uh, like I said, one of the most immersive lands out there. You you believe people that, that go in. I think you've said it. Many people that I know had that I've gone said it that when you go in there, you actually think you're you're not on this earth anymore. You're on a completely different planet. I mean, because uh, I mean, you go into a lot of different lands. You've got the Tarzan's tree house kind of just looks like a tree. You, you know, you have the, the castle, the one in Disneyland is, is relatively small compared to all of the others. So, you know, it's beautiful, but it, you, you just, it doesn't have the size to really just blow you out of the water in Florida. It's got that size. It's got that force perspective, but you still know it's a Disney castle. It was built, you know, all right. The Matterhorn, it's made to look like a mountain, but you know it's not a real mountain. But you go into Galaxy's Edge, and you're standing in in front of the Millennium Falcon attraction, which has a full-size Millennium Falcon sitting in front of this uh, loading bay, this dock, and you know the Black Spire Mountain Ridge behind it, and it's a it's a full and size Millennium Falcon, and it's hard to believe that it's anything other than the Millennium Falcon, because it looks that spot on. I mean, just every detail, it's got blaster burns on it. And, you know, that just helps really just bring everything else into the immersion. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's the Imagineering story, episode six. I think that was all they covered. Oh, there, there, there was a thing at the end where they talked. They showed that they talked about technological advances, and they had that flying, that flying robot. Um, oh, yes, that, that's that going to be. Very cool. Is that the Spider Man? Yeah, they did talk slightly about uh, Avengers Campus. Right, right. So very just, little. Right, but seeing see, seeing that thing fly through the air I mean, and what it could do, uh, it was crazy. So yeah, that's going to be used at Avengers Campus. Which, if we had not had the coronavirus this year, that was supposed to open up in the summer. In summer, I think it right around July seventeenth, if not on July seventeenth. Yeah, um, and we would have had live video or. Uh, real video of that in action, but right. but that is what it's going to be. It's a it's a stunt animatronic for Spider Man for some sort of rooftop uh, open air throughout the entire land show that'll happen however often you know right right. So, final thoughts on Imaginary Story. What did you what did you think? Um. This is probably the Imagineering story, I would say, is my favorite Disney documentary. I agree. Um, Just any documentary that's been done about uh, Disney parks, at least, or even the history of uh, Walt Disney um, or the Walt Disney Company. um, This is my favorite because most things have been either strictly about Walt Disney himself and so it goes through his lifetime. You might get a little bit of stuff about Disneyland after he had passed, but most of it kind of cuts off right about then. Or it's Disneyland specific, and you'll just get a history of Disneyland from 55 till whenever. They right. decided the cutoff is probably the most recent as a filming. Or it's specifically Disney World, and you know, and you'll get several different things from there because they've got the four different parks and there's a lot to go over there, but it'll all just be centered around Disney World. This is really nice because it goes over all of the Disney parks. And Disney Parks is, as much as I like movies and everything, Disney Parks is my probably my favorite branch of the Walt Disney Company. And so to see kind of a timeline of its entire story. Yeah. Is pretty cool. And just the way they put it together, the way they have the archival footage and the in-person interviews from Imagineers is great. The music in it, you know, I love that music. I don't know where it's from or if it was created specifically for the show. You talk about the intro music? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, you know, you kind of hear it in transitions and right. different things throughout right. the episodes. But, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Angela Bassett is hands down a fantastic narrator for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I said it a couple of times throughout different episodes is I like that it's not a puff piece and it's not a pity party. It's this is our story. For good and bad, the ugly, this is the things we've done. These are the mistakes we've made. These are some of the corrections we've done. Here are some of our achievements. Here are some of our, uh, you know, groundbreaking technologies that we've had to come up with. These are just the things that we have done. This is our story for good or bad. This is who we are. And I think that's great. Yeah, I think, I mean, everything you just said, I was going to say. So uh, I'll just say ditto. But (laughs) I think it's my favorite original content on Disney Plus. It was the very first thing I started watching when I got Disney Plus back in November. Um, That it was the thing I was most excited about. Like you said, I do like the fact that uh, it wasn't wasn't afraid to look at the negative side of things that happened. Uh, And even some of the, some of the people, uh, in it, like, you know, Eisner being interviewed and kind of talking about some things that went wrong, you know, it, it, it was like, like you said, it wasn't a puff piece. I like a lot of the archival videos and, and photos that, mm-hmm. cause I've seen just being a Disney fan that I am, 
uh, I've seen a ton of videos, a ton of pictures, but some of those I had never seen before. Yeah. And that's, what's uh, interesting. Yeah. Some, some, some of the videos and, you know, I learned a lot from it and I don't know everything. You know, I, I probably brag to my kids that I'm the all knowing, but really I know probably very little compared to some. Um, so with that being said, there's a couple we've always talked about. We'd love to see a season two more episodes or whatever. Here's some things I think they could do that could work. Um, one of them being, I mean, we all know, you know, we all know Walt Disney, you know, for the most part, if you're a Disney fan, you know, Bob Gurr, you know, Marty Sklar, you, you know, a lot of these older guys that were around, but for instance, this is the first time that I have ever heard the name Joe, Joe and I always say his last name wrong, Rody, right? Yeah. I didn't know much about him. Okay. And I think a lot of people nowadays, maybe they don't know a lot about the current Imagineers that are there, the, the current creative teams, mm-hmm. the ones that are designing these rides. Um, you know, and maybe we'll learn a little bit about them someday when they pass away or they become a Disney legend or whatever. But we, I don't know a lot about them now. And I think it'd be cool if for some maybe episodes to center on those Imagineers, um, have a show specifically with one Imagineer and, you know, kind of how maybe he got started with the company, things that he's done or she's done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that could be one way they could go. Um, another one could be for like a specific attraction, either still currently there or maybe attractions that that's, you know, an extinct attraction that's been taken out kind of talk about the planning process of it, you know, the, the, the pitfalls they had, maybe the successes they had, uh, what that attraction did in development of other attractions, uh, as far as technology goes. Um, and then the third would be maybe specific parks have, mm-hmm. have one episode about the, the evolution of Disneyland, you know, or the evolution of Disneyland Paris or Hong Kong, which they, they kind of, talked about in this one you know they couldn't spend too much time on it obviously but you know um an episode on disneyland california adventure going more into you know the opening and you know the i don't want to say corners they cut but the lack of money they put into it and then you know the 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 redesign the the re re remodeling of it and to to what it is today but i think those are three three directions they could go Mm mm-hmm that would, that would be interesting. Um, I mean, I would definitely watch them. Um, I kind of like, I like the Imagineer thing because like I said, I know most of the names of the old guys, you know, the guys that aren't with us anymore because I do read books and history and, um, but I don't know a lot about the current people. I mean, before this episode, I would have never known who this weird guy is with the with the <laughs> huge, huge things hanging from his left ear, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I'd say the only reason that I know who he was going into it was because yeah. I kind of followed the updates that they did for changing Tower of Terror. And mm-hmm. he was kind of in charge. He was in charge of that project of turning it into Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Right. And so they did some promotional pieces right before the attraction opened as mission breakout. And he was in those promotional pieces talking about it. So that's where I first saw him. Um, yeah. But yeah, some of these newer Imagineers, the ones that worked on galaxy's edge, the ones that worked on Pandora, you right. know, I guess they kind of do. I mean, they don't do Imagineer specific, but what's that one? The the one day at Disney. I guess they kind of, you know, but you know they have cast members. Yeah, yeah. I want to see like a thirty-five to forty-minute episode about this guy or that lady or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some something where you see the names maybe in articles or videos, but you really don't know anything about them. Right. Something where, you know, the next time they release the list of Disney legends that I might be like, Oh yeah, I know that, that name. Right. Right. I don't have to go search. Oh, what did this guy do? You know, it says, it it says Disney parks, but what, what exactly did this guy do? You know, or Mm -hmm. so, so those are some of my ways they, they, they could go, whether they, they even do any more, um, if and not, I don't know. It, even like if they were to go in and do things on specific attractions or parks, 
to really go and and let people see the behind the scenes of the attraction, like the inner framework of Haunted Mansion, of Splash Mountain, of Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, because there's caves and things, tunnels and, you know, hallways and things that you just can't see in in Pirates, you know. Because I've heard stories of from another podcast that I listen to, uh, and they've had different cast members on there throughout the years. And they'll say, like, when you're training, they'll send you to a certain spot in the attraction, like Pirates of the Caribbean, while guests are riding the attraction, and you have to get from one place to another without being seen. Mm. <laughs> okay. And, you know, and that'd they're be, following you from the control booth with the cameras and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, Because there's cameras all over the place in those attractions. They've got their eyes on you every step of the way. Oh, yeah, definitely. So when you're on Haunted Mansion trying to make out with your girlfriend, they can see you. Yeah, you know, giving them a good show. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Hey, pretty soon it'll be wife, so. There you go. There you go. Uh, Um, Yeah, so that's, if you haven't seen the Imaginary Story, but you haven't listened to us, we probably kind of ruined it for you. Maybe we gave you a lot of spoilers, but go go watch it because we probably hit on maybe, you know, 25% of what's actually yeah. being said. We couldn't, I mean, we couldn't talk about everything and uh, not make it just sound like we were regurgitating the script to you. So um, definitely one of the, one of the better original, uh, one of the better original content on Disney plus. Um, mm-hmm. And then it may, if you're, you know, if you're just a beginner in Disney history, maybe kind of, encourage you to watch some of the other documentaries on there. I think we've mentioned some of them before. Um, and if you go, if you're on Disney plus and you go to suggested stuff, if you're on the imaginary story, go to suggested stuff, you'll see some of them like waking sleeping beauty and Frank and Ollie. And, uh, there is the, the boys is on there now, right? The Sherman brothers story. I think so. Yeah. That's a good one too. So that is a good one. Yeah. So, so that's our trip. Our last six episodes, we've talked about all six episodes of the imaginary story. And, uh, we wish there was more, but this is our last show on the imaginary story. Unless yeah, they now, come out with- now, what are we going to talk about? I know we'll have to, we'll have to have a meeting to discuss having a meeting to talk about what we're going to talk about. So, yeah. Uh, we'll find something. I got lots of ideas. So Fantastic. we're coming up on the 50th episode. So we'll see if we can do something cool for that. Um, but yeah, that's all I gotta. That's all I gotta are talk we gonna, about. Are we gonna do fifty before I get married? Probably not. We might have to wait till after. Because I know. Because we, uh, we, in order to make it happen, we'd probably have to do forty-nine next week, and then fifty that week following, following where the week is half September, half October. Right. Because the week um, of the 5th through the 10th, yeah, probably I'm probably going to have all kinds of stuff going on. That's cool. We'll we'll make it a goal to get it done before your wedding then. And then we may be off for a few weeks during your wedding and and then you got your honeymoon. Maybe I'll grab uh, a guest co-host and we we can do one while you're gone. Man, that would be cool for me to listen to my own podcast and not even be on it. There you go. We'll do something while you're on the road. <laughs> Nothing like getting replaying. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that'll be the plan. We'll try It'd to be a surprise that. though. Cause I wouldn't know what, what you were going to talk about. Yeah. We'll talk I about you the whole time. Raw. Yeah. We'll talk about you the whole time. Fantastic. So maybe we'll do it. We'll figure out a way that you can call in while we're doing the show. You could be a quick guest co-host on the show that you co-host live from my honeymoon and i've already <laughs> pissed her off <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we don't want to do that so uh, she's already she's already said she's like you're not going to take any phone calls from work are you i'm like if they're calling me on my honeymoon the building's probably on fire so. right right yeah just turn your phone on silent and don't answer it yeah so so yeah, that's that's all I got for this episode, Cody. I don't know if you got anything else you wanted to bring up last minute before I talk about our social media and we get out of here. I'll take it away. All right. Well, if you are on social media and want to follow us, uh, you can uh, 
Check us out on Facebook. We're at Talking Disney Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Talking Disney. Instagram at Talking Disney Podcast. You can email us at Talking Disney Podcast at gmail.com. And our shows will always be loaded up to our website, www.talkingdisneypodcast.com. Uh, right when I publish it, uh, I will put it on the website. And then it normally takes a little while for it to get out to you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, stuff like that. So um, you can always find it there or wait for it to populate on your favorite podcast listening application. Um, so that is all I have for this episode 48 on September 16th, 2020, which you'll probably be listening to it on the 17th or 18th or 19th or 20th. So last chance, Cody. That's it. All right. Well, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for taking time out of your day, night, afternoon, whatever it may be to listen to us. Uh, we really do appreciate our three listeners. Uh, hopefully there's more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, be ready for episode 49, episode 50. Um, we'll see what we have planned for you. We'll have to, we'll have to figure it out. So again, thank you very much. Uh, and we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah, folks. And me and my pals hope you had a swell time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mickey? Uh-huh. It's that time. Uh, what time is that, Minnie? Oh, <laughs> Goofy? Huh? Oh. Now, now it's time, time to say good night to all our company. M-I-C-E. See you real soon. Charles Mickey Mouse. K-E-Y. Why? Because, because we like you. you.